grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today comes from Jeremiah chapter 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. In my grade 11 class, we were invited out to the Sacame Indian Reserve near my hometown to take part in a traditional indigenous feast. And when we got to the Sacame Community Hall, we were greeted by the chief, many of the band members, and there was a table spread before us filled with meat and jerky, bread and bannock, fruits and stew and soups and fish, broiled and baked and basted. We were shown our seats, and after a prayer, we started passing around the food, eating and laughing and stuffing our faces. And then the chief announced that whatever was not eaten should be taken home to be shared with others. Now, I had my reservations about sharing with others since I was a big eater, but we, would to we were told we should not throw any of the food away. Now, I don't know if this was said at the feast or a rumor was started by one of my classmates or it was an interpretation, misinterpretation of what was said, but my whole class was under the impression that everything was eaten or else. If the food was not eaten there at the feast or eaten at home, that God would be displeased. Now, for me, it was not a problem. I could eat anyone I knew under the table. But as I looked around the table... I realized that like the selfish kids we were, many of my classmates had taken too much food. Soon food was coming my way. Here, Sai, have an apple. Here, Sai, have a banana. Here, Sai, have my sandwich. Joyfully, at first, I ate to my heart's content, but soon I started to fill. Now, just so you don't underestimate my superhuman ability to shove gob, uh, food in my gob, I would normally take, at this age, lunch to school. My mom would pack me 14 slices of bread or seven sandwiches, along with a muffin, a couple pieces of fruit, a juice box, and some cookies. Now, if a farm kid had come to school and had forgotten to bring his lunch, the teachers would send them to me. Inevitably, the begging student would say, the teacher said you had extra. Lots, I would say. Lots, they would ask, wondering what the difference was. I have lots, I would say, not extra. <laughs> now, at this feast, I was full and thought that I had pretty much single-handedly saved my table from the wrath of God. Until Shelly came over to my table. Shelly batted her big eyes at me and said, Sai, can I give you some of my food? Now, normally, Shelly did not give me the time of day. But in this moment, when my superhuman powers were supreme, she came to me. She had something behind her back, and before I could say no, she put in front of me a big bowl of soup and turned on her heel and said thanks and left. It was in that moment that I knew my flesh would fail me. I could fit in no more. The bowl of soup sat in front of me until the plastic bags were handed out so we could take the extra food home, what we could not finish. I remember the bus ride home as I sat there with my bag of soup, brooding and worrying about the curse. My classmates even teased me about being cursed by God, and try as I might, I could not get Shelly to take her soup back. The curse was mine and mine alone. I came through the door of my home, and as I came into the kitchen holding my bag of soup, my mom noticed the hangdog look on my face and said, How was your day? What's wrong? I told my mom of the curse and my fears, and the wrath of God. My mom got a look in her face and said, give me that bag. 
No, Mom, I said, you will be cursed unless you eat it. You're not going to eat it, are you? I'm not going to eat it, my mom said, and tentatively, I handed the bag to her. My mom grabbed it, waltzed into the bathroom, and held the bag over the toilet to dump it. Mom, no, I said, the curse. My mom, cool as a cucumber, turned to me and said, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Yeah, mom, but I blurted, and mom upended the bag, sploosh, into the water. Just as swiftly, my mom reached into the water, pulled out the styrofoam bowl, shook it clear, shook it clear of the water, put it in the bag, tied it off, and walked past me back into the kitchen. Later that night, as I lay in bed waiting to die under the curse of God, my stomach grumbled and I thought, I should have eaten the soup. Dear friends in Christ, the prophet Jeremiah tells us what happens to the person who trusts in their own flesh for strength. He said, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Notice, Jeremiah does not say, well, it probably won't go well, or that tact will probably fail you. And no, in fact, he says, cursed are you when you trust in the strength of your flesh. And what does it mean to be cursed? Well, God says in just verses before in Jeremiah, you shall lose your inheritance that I gave you. I will make you serve enemies in a land you do not know. For in my anger is a fire kindled that shall burn forever. If you trust in your own strength for your salvation, you will be cursed. If you look to your own effort for your salvation, you will be cursed. If you think you can save yourself by your will, your wit, your wisdom, your works, you will be in the, the inheritor of the wrath of God until damnation everlasting. Now, you may be thinking as I do, well, it's a good thing I've never trusted in my own strength to save me. I'm thankful I've never looked to my own flesh for my salvation. Oh, no. I place before you the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And what does this mean? That we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And there is our first failing. We most certainly have another God, and that is the God of self. I have put me first. I have looked to my needs first. I have trusted in my strength, my will, my wit to see me out of bad situations. I have chosen my course. I have plotted my destiny. I have desired to be the captain of my own soul. Paul tells the church in Philippi what idolatry and trusting in your own flesh leads to and what it looks like when he says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame and their mind is on earthly things. The Jews in Paul's time wanted to make circumcision part of the equation for their salvation. They trusted in their flesh, their keeping of the law and their heritage as Jews to be pleasing to God. Paul says this, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. He says, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Trust in yourself, trust in your flesh, trust in your powers to get you to heaven, and you will have fallen from grace. That's the curse, isn't it? The law demands us to submit our wills and our flesh to God's will, but our flesh is not strong. It is weak, and we submit only to ourselves in our sin. That is the curse that leads unto sin and unto death. Now, as blessed as anyone might be in this life, wealth and health and happiness, without God it is the vanity of vanities, a filling of the belly until you die and go to hell. Jesus says in the gospel lesson, woe to you who are rich, 
for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. The world looks at such things like a blessing, but without God, they are a curse and a distraction unto death. If you fear and love and trust in yourself, your strength, your flesh, to get you to heaven, to make God sit up and take notice, to earn your salvation, then you are cursed and dead, not in just this life, but in the life to come. But Jeremiah says this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. In our sin, our hearts turn away from the Lord. Waterless shrubs in a parched wilderness, our hearts are, to use Jeremiah's language. So God did not make our salvation dependent upon our flesh, but the flesh and work of his son. God sent his son in the flesh to do what we could not do to keep God's law. Jesus came in the flesh to live as we could not and to die the death that we deserved so that we might live. Jesus took on flesh to take on sin single-handedly to save us from the wrath of God. Peter says this, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. Christ died in the flesh on the cross to accomplish what our flesh could not, payment for sins unto life everlasting. Christ died for your sins and full payment is made, and you can trust in the work of Christ in the flesh. For as Paul says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. In Deuteronomy, it says, Cursed is the man who is hung on the tree. Christ took the curse of sin for us on the tree of the cross, and Christ has risen from the dead in the flesh, giving us victory over death unto life everlasting. Now, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, I still look to my flesh to save me. I still do not fear and love and trust in God above all things. Yes, so God took your salvation out of your hands, when his son's hands were pinned to the cross for your sake, and he planted you in the flesh of his son by the waters of your baptism. Sploosh into the water. And God's name added, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God pulled you out of sin and placed you into himself. Jesus upended the curse of sin and death and the devil by his death and the forgiveness of your sins unto life everlasting. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, not because you chose him, but because he chose you. And now you can come to his table and leave your bag of sin at the rail and the curse is removed by the eating and drinking of his body and blood at his feast for the forgiveness of sins unto life everlasting. You can trust in the work and the flesh of Christ for he has risen from the dead. Now to the world, we as Christians look cursed for now we are poor and hungry, weeping and hated, excluded and reviled. But in Christ, ours is the kingdom of God, and ours is the satisfaction, and ours is the laughter, and ours is the reward in heaven. All this is yours in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. 
Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.